Bet the Juice Podcast. Cody Mitchell, Connor Holiday here. The Big 12 preview. Four new teams enter the conference. UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, and BYU. With one year of Texas and Oklahoma here, kind of awkward like conference year. Like You got four coming in, two that are staying, but are leaving the very next year. It would have been nice if they could have just left. But it's going to make one like fun, chaotic year. And I think the Big 12 is going to be super fun. Yeah, just because of the addition of the four teams and then you still have Texas and Oklahoma for one year. Like This was kind of the like chaos theory when this was all happening that I kind of wanted to happen. And it is funny that like Texas and Oklahoma were the first two teams to make the move from conference to conference. And then all of a sudden you had U.S. or then you had the move of all four immediately the next season. And then you have USC and UCLA like next year, like it's going to be even more crazier. But yeah, I mean, the addition of the four teams makes it that this could be a fun conference. Yeah, and especially and we're going to get to it when we do, obviously, the win totals and everything. But like the other eight teams, not including the four newcomers. You know when they play Texas and Oklahoma, they're going to give every fucking ounce of game they have because that's especially the rivalries like TCU against Texas, Oklahoma State against Oklahoma. Like they're going to give everything they have to like send them out on a sour note. Exactly. All right, so we will get started with Texas. Win total sitting at consensus nine and a half on all three sports books. Big Twelve odds sitting at plus one twenty on DraftKings. And playoff odds sitting at plus 320 on DraftKings and FanDuel. So with this is obviously, I think, the highest expectations that there have been for Texas in a few years. So before the move to the to the SEC, how will it go? Uh, at quarterback, they return Quinn Ewers, who had some highs like the Oklahoma game and lows like the Oklahoma State and TCU games. Last season, he did end up going 172 for 296, completion percentage of 58.1%, 2,177 yards, 15 touchdowns, and 6 INTs. Uh, Obviously, with him, the jump that he is able to make this season will determine how far Texas can go. I know there is a lot of emphasis on him working more on... uh, his deep balls, I forget what it was. Um, I think on the season he – oh, that's what it was. Uh, in the regular season, Ewers was 29 of 74 passing on uh, throws of 15 yards or more, which amounted to a 39.2%, being 80th in the nation amongst FBS quarterbacks. So – Obviously, one progression we'd really like to see from him that could take uh, Texas to the next level is the ability to throw the ball downfield. And I know with Sark's offense, especially we haven't gotten to it with the wide receiver core that he has, moving or throwing the ball down the field will be a huge emphasis. Uh, Doak Walker award-winning running back Bajan Robinson is gone, along with number two, Roshan Johnson, who combined for 2,134 of Texas's 2,446 rushing yards. A lot, a lot 
leaving from that running back room to try to fill those shoes will be Jonathan Brooks, who had 197 yards last season, Keelion uh, Robinson, and number one running back in the class of 23 five-star C.J. Baxter. At wide receiver, they could have a case for one of the best wide receiver rooms in the nation with starters Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington. And they also get a healthy Isaiah Knorr. If you remember, Isaiah Knorr was the transfer from last season from Wyoming that was highly talented and got injured, I think, in the offseason, tore his ACL. So that is a big addition to this wide receiving room. They also added A.D. Mitchell from Georgia in the portal, along with several highly touted freshmen. Also watch for tight end Jatavian Sanders to continue to be a force. They return all five starters on the offensive line after only allowing 19 sacks last season. That will be a big emphasis if you do remember in that Alabama game, Quinn Ewers did take a shot and took him out of the game and out for a few weeks. So keeping continuity on that offensive line will be big for this team. Uh, the defensive line has two holes to fill, but return Barian Sorley and Tavon Sweat and believe they have good depth to fill uh, the starting spots and added Trill Carter from Minnesota in the portal. Leading tackler Jalen Ford is back after a breakout season with 119 tackles, 10 tackles for loss, four INTs, two sacks, two fumble or two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, and two pass breakups. The secondary returns Nickel J- Jihad Barron. Corner Ryan Watts and safety uh, Jaron Thompson. They also added corner Gavin Holmes from Wake Forest and safety or safety Jalen Catlin from Arkansas, who should be immediate starters. So when it comes to the Texas Longhorns, buddy, how are you looking, dude? I'm going under. So week two, I chalked up as a loss. the The spread is only seven. I don't think it should be seven. I think it should be a lot higher. And I've been like looking at spreads, like the future, like look ahead lines, like um, September 30th, they're 18 point favorites at home against Kansas. I think that number is way too big. Like this is Texas. Every single year, this is what happens. We get hyped up in the off season and they disappoint. And if I'm willing to bite the bullet and they shock me and they make the play, they go undefeated, and make the playoffs or whatever, like so be it. But until it actually happens, I'm not going to buy into it. I love Quinn Ewers, but he is definitely not lived up to that five-star talent yet he needs to stay healthy and you've shown tons of like signs of like promise but when he wasn't playing well Bajan was a giant part of that team that's not somebody you just replace that's a top 10 run do you drive in the top 10 yeah eight yeah like that in today in 2023 is unheard of unless it's like a super super talented running back so, and if you look at the schedule, there's, I see five games. If I'm chalking up week two as a loss, there's five, six other games they could lose. And yeah, they'll be favored, but this is Texas. This is what happens all the time. I think nine and three is more likely than 10 and two. So I don't have, I, I do have a sprinkle play when it comes to the Texas Longhorns. I will say 
just because of the talent that they bring back on offense. Defense is going to need some work, obviously. I think they have the chance to be a force. And I won't lie, I'm putting a sprinkle on that playoff at plus 320. That Like the fact that they do return that offense, that whole offensive line. That ha- last year was a question because you were starting so many freshmen, and it turns out those freshmen were as advertised. Obviously, yes, Bajan is a huge hole to fill. But I think you see with the wide receiving quarter that they had, they're not going to lean so much on the run game like they did with Bajan. I think they're just going to, like, let Quinn go out there and air it out. There are so they could go like four wide, and it's like, can, how can you cover all four of these wide receivers? And then you could even have Sanders lined up at tight end going down the seam, and there's not a linebacker in the Big Twelve that's gonna be able to guard him. He's six fucking seven, I believe. He's a force. So I lean over. I will have a sprinkle on the playoff just because of how much talent. And again, if everything goes right, this team could be a playoff team, even if they do lose to Alabama. But I'll be honest, right now, I'm kind of leaning Texas. As crazy as it is to say. Like, I know that game is at Bama, but we saw what happened last year, and Alabama's team was obviously a lot more talented than this year's team. And now you have questions at quarterback, Bryce Young won that game for Alabama last season. Guess who's not going to be Alabama's savior this year? He's not going to be there. So I lean over, but my play is more sprinkle on the playoff because even if they lose that Alabama game, they're going to be favored in every single game outside of that game. Yeah, because they got Kansas State at home. Oklahoma is obviously the neutral. And look at what they fucking did to Oklahoma last year. But then, like... November eighteenth at Iowa State, like yeah, but that? also it's I mean, it, uh, shocker, I'm not high on Iowa State this year. No, I'm and, just saying, but that's like Texas. Yeah, no, ever. that's like the like all of a sudden they have all this hype. They're ranked probably it's gotta be at least in the top ten, they will whatever be. it is, and they're gonna have all this hype, and that's the ultimate spot for them. Like, oh, this is Texas. Yeah, um, that's that. I don't blame you for place in the future it's just until i see it i'm not gonna just like rush to the betting table and bet this over it it is so hard for me to say because the record or the last couple years they've gone under like it it, like it has been i think like an eight-year run where they have gone under that's why i last year was on the over and then i flipped to the under so but i'm i'm kind of buying it but I'm also pre- completely prepared to get burned. Yeah, and again, this is something I'm not going to bet because I want Texas to be good. College football is better when Texas is good. So, like, if it ha- if it happens, it bites me in the butt. It bites me in the butt. The Oklahoma Sooners win total sitting at consensus. Nine and a half on all three books. Big 12 odds sitting at plus 350 on DraftKings and Caesars. Playoff odds sitting at plus 700. Uh, year one under Brent Venables was straight up not a good time for OU fans. How will year two go before going to the SEC? At quarterback, Dylan Gabriel is back after having a solid season, going 230 for 367 for 
for a completion percentage of 62.7%, 3,168 yards, 25 touchdowns, 6 INTs, while also running for 315 yards and 6 TDs. Still, there needs to be more from Gabriel if Oklahoma wants to win the Big 12. I kind of consider, like, he did get injured for a stretch, but it was kind of like getting up to the level because when you talk about the lower-level teams like UCF, granted now they're in the Big 12, but they were in the AAC. I have a feeling like the reason we see so many of those upsets is because teams sell out for that one game when they're playing a big team. It's one thing to sell out game in, game out when you're in a bigger conference. So I think there was a little bit of an adjustment period for Dylan Gabriel. I do believe he will be able to make a jump now that he's adjusted to being in the Big 12 for a full season. Uh Leading rusher Eric Gray is gone after rushing for 1,366 yards and 11 TDs. But there is reason for optimism as Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuck both showed flashes against FSU in the bowl game and both rushed for 100 yards. Leading receivers, wide, or wide receiver Marvin Mims and tight end Braden Willis are both gone, leaving Jaleo Farrakh and Drake Stoops to have to have to step up. They also added Brendan Thompson from Texas and Adriel Anthony from Michigan. The O-line only returns two starters, but they did add several transfers that could be immediate starters. Uh, year one for Oklahoma's new offense looked like Lincoln Riley's defense, finishing near the near the 100s in all categories to try fix things they hit the portal on all three levels adding eight to the defense in all even though they returned three starters on the d-line they did add five transfers so adding a lot of depth to the trenches at linebacker they do return a uh, big 12 leading tackler danny stussman who had 125 tackles Ten and a half tackles for loss, three sacks, and two INTs. They did add freshman All-American Dasan McCollum from Indiana, who is a great athlete with a lot of versatility, who I think can really play that Isaiah Simmons role that was so great at for Venables at Clemson. I know McCollum, he was committed to Ohio State for a bit before switching his commitment to Indiana because his dad was a coach there. He is a fucking freak. I cannot wait to see what he is able to do in Venable's defense. Uh, the secondary returns three of four starters, and they did add Reggie Pearson Jr. from Texas Tech in the portal who could be an immediate starter. So... When it comes to the Oklahoma Sooners, where are you sitting, bud? I love, 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 love the under here. Um, I know they play all. I was four, big on the under last year, and I am. I I love it. I know they play four, all four new teams, which three, three. Or remember, we did, it, it's three new teams in no, West, West Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. yeah, but like the one spot at BYU, like that in November eighteenth. 
like you would think wouldn't be bad, but like legit though, you have to go play in elevation at BYU, where that place is always rocking with a Oklahoma team that's underachieved all season. Like that's like now that the how the conference is slated, there's gonna be some weird like games. Like you're gonna go to UCF and play in Florida, and you're gonna go to Utah and play in that elevation, which I think it's the second highest elevation in college football outside of Laramie. Like that's not an easy win. I chalked out the Texas game as a loss. Um, so after that, like you have to win. I have four other games here where I think it's kind of a toss up. And that is at Kansas at Oklahoma state at BYU and TCU. And you'd have to win two of those four. I don't like it. I like the under here. So don't have an official play, but honestly, just because of the schedule, I know you just rattled off the schedule, but in my opinion, this is possibly the easiest schedule in the Big 12. No, it probably is. I think they made such a path for there to be a Texas-Oklahoma conference championship the last year that it could possibly happen. So I lean over. Like, as weird as it is for me to say, I was big on this under last year. I think we cashed it. uh, Cashed it very fucking early. I think it was that TCU game that it was like, oh, this is cashed. Yep. Um... But yeah, I just, I'm not going to have an official play on it, but I just lean under just because that schedule. Like I know there are the trip-up spots, like you said, but I just... Trip-up spots, like, I don't even know. Like I think BYU might be like a field goal underdog in that game. I think it's a lot more than that. Because what, what is Kansas State's... Is Kansas State's win total like well, pretty much State, even? We'll get to Kansas State in a little bit. But, no, but are the win totals... They're all three... All three books have different win totals for them. Okay. Well, I don't think projection-wise they're that far off. Like, Kansas is only a three uh, field goal well, underdog okay. to Kansas so State. Okay, so you're talking about Kansas State? Yes. They don't play Kansas State. No, no I'm just, oh, okay. just oh, using okay. as a reference. Yeah. Like, Kansas is only a three-point dog to Kansas State. So, like, Oklahoma, when they play Kansas, is going to be very similar. Like, those are low – I don't know. The spreads are too tight. There's a lot of games, a lot of slip-ups. And do you really th- – I possibly am getting, like, better coordinator than uh, head coach vibes from Britt Venable. Yeah, I I mean, his back, I will say. It is early, but his back's kind of against the wall. You're about to make the move to the SEC. You can't have a bad showing this season. No. On to the reigning Big 12 champions, the Kansas State Wildcats. Win total kind of all over the place, like I said. Sitting at a 7.5 on FanDuel, 8 on Caesars, and an 8.5 on DraftKings. Big 12 odds sitting at plus 575. And if you're feeling a little frisky, like myself, possibly, playoff odds sitting at plus 1,600. After surprising everyone and winning the Big 12, how can they repeat this season? At quarterback, they bring back Will Howard, who was very good once he took over for Adrian Martinez. Once Martinez got injured, Howard went 119 for 199, a completion percentage of 59.8%, 1,633 yards, 15 touchdowns, and 4 INTs. Knowing that he is the guy and this is his team, I think will definitely help Howard. You saw, like, before, 
Howard was just not good. If you watch any of those seasons, I was a little bit hesitant once they finally put him in. But by the end of it, I was like, don't even worry about putting Adrian in. Will is the guy. Star running back, Deuce Vaughn is gone after rushing for 1,558 yards and nine touchdowns. I'm going to miss him. I really So am. much. He and was... I'm going to hate having to root for or root against him because he's going <laughs> to Dallas. Oh, I'm do- dude, I'm, getting, yeah, I'm, get- I'm getting the Cowboys jersey. I'm, yeah, I got it. I hate get. that shit. Uh, but they do return number two running back, DJ Gibbons, uh, who rushed for 518 yards and uh, six touchdowns as Vaughn's backup. More of a power guy. Deuce obviously is... Very little, very fast, very shifty. Uh, Get-ins will run you over. They also added uh, Treshawn Ward from Florida State in the portal who had 628 yards and seven touchdowns for the Seminoles. Wide receiver has some questions as Malik Knowles and Cade Warner are gone, leaving Phillip Brooks as the only returning starter. They did add Keegan Johnson from Iowa in the portal. Also watch for Ben Sinat to get more work at tight end after having 447 yards and four touchdowns. The biggest strength will on the offense will be its offensive line as they return all five starters and they will be one of the best units in the nation. While there's... Reason for optimism on offense, the defense will be replacing a lot of key players on all three levels. On the D-line, replacing Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, Felix and DK Uzama on the D-line will be tough, but they do return uh, Khalid Duke and Brendan Mott. Stud linebacker Daniel Green is back for his super senior year, and Austin Moore is back too. The secondary will be a work in progress as they only return safety Kobe Savage. They will be trying a committee approach at corner, and they did add transfers Marquez Siegel from North Dakota State and Tyler Malone from shout-out Southeast Missouri State. So when it comes to the Wildcats, buddy, tell me how they're going to make it to the Dude, if you're going to give me seven and a half, I want to know the – I want to know the – um, what the juice is on that, but like that seems like it's just an auto play there at seven and a half. Yeah, I'm, I'm willing to play the eight and a half too. I mean, board. Yeah, I mean, when I I couldn't believe that they're like that all three boards couldn't come up with like, I mean, the number's sitting at eight basically on all three when you look at it seven and a half, eight and a half, eight. But yeah, I mean, over seven and a half, easy. Well, for let's me. play the eight. Because that's like sits right in the middle. And I think eight's probably the floor for this team. With the momentum they built off of last season, another year of Will Howard. And like you said, like this is his team now. He understands it. Losing Deuce Vaughn does suck. But mm-hmm. now you actually do have a running back who can run between the tackles. Like I love Deuce, but like he was never going to be. It was always like the outside counters, the sweeps. Yeah, that's kind of what uh, Giddens was, was the power back. Like he had six touchdowns because. Like Deuce or whoever got them close to the goal line, and you need to power it in. But that should open up more in the passing game too. The only thing that does suck is like Deuce Vaughn was obviously like the blanket 
when everything broke down, like he could kind of roll out of the backfield, like tossing the ball. But I think, dude, Kansas State's just the momentum they built off of last season. Like you were ahead of it before anybody. You said on this podcast, I don't know if you picked them or you bet them. I bet them. Okay, I don't know if you picked them to come to go to the conference championship or whatever to win it, but it was still just a hell of a freaking ride. It was. It and was a fun ride. I just think they build off of it. Like they're not winning. They're not going seven and five. So if you're gonna play that seven, you gotta play over that seven now. And I mean, like, just the fact that the whole offensive line is back to like that is such a giant thing when it comes to college football is having that continuity on the offensive line. And I mean. Granted, next year is going to suck because if you look at it, all seniors except for one junior. So obviously you're going to have to replace damn near everybody next season. But with the way that Will is, I just think like being that pure pocket passer, I think with the offensive line, it's just going to give him time to work. And obviously Philip Brooks is an, is a speed freak. So I just think that like, he he's not going to be Deuce Vaughn, but a lot of those screens and stuff like that, I think he's going to get a lot of that work. Keegan Johnson out of the portal. Like, yeah, he came from Iowa's offense, but we also saw what happened when one Iowa person transferred out, a.k.a. Charlie Jones. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, over seven and a half. Sprinkle on Big 12 again. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think I'm playing the seven and a half, and I think I'm playing the eight and a half as well. On to the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Win total sitting at consensus on all three books at a a 7.5. Uh, Big 12 odds sitting at plus 1,200 on DraftKings and FanDuel. Uh, Joey McGuire was outshined by other coaches but had a very successful season in year one. How can he keep the momentum going? At quarterback, they do return Tyler I'm pre- I'm pretty sure we've been pronouncing it right. It's show. It's I I don't know. There uh, I've I heard not, other people say something. That's, there's never been a true consensus on how to say his name. I will just say that you listen to one pe- one podcast, they'll say it one way, whatever. But uh, he is back after having some up and down uh, ups and downs at Texas Tech and kind of struggling to stay healthy. But in his time as Texas Tech's starter. He has gone eight and one. I mean, they like. I know he's had his up and ups and downs, but you can't. The record speaks for itself. I mean, that is a huge, a huge ad to have him back. At running back, they did lose half of a great duo from last season in Sir Roderick Thompson. The half that they do return will be Taj Brooks, who has led Texas Tech in rushing for the last two seasons. At wide receiver, they return three of their top four receivers, including leading receiver Durand Bradley. They also added transfer DeAndre McCray from Austin P. Uh, the offensive line was very inconsistent last season, so even though they returned starters, expect some ch- for some changes, and they also added uh, rusty, rusty stats from Western Kentucky in the portal. While there is a big hole to fill with Tyree Wilson gone, there is reason for optimism on the defensive line as they return uh, Jalen Hutchins and Tony Bradford. They also added three transfers, including Steve Linton from Syracuse, who should start. 
Uh, the biggest question is at linebacker, where they only return uh, Josiah Perry. The secondary returns three of five starters in corners, Rashad Williams, Malik Dunlap, and safety uh, Dadrian Taylor Demerson. They also added transfer to CJ Baker's Baker, yeah, Bake Baskerville. I'm sorry from San Diego State, who looks to be the perfect fit for their star position. So when it comes to the Texas Tech Red Raiders, how are you looking, buddy? This is one of the harder ones. It was. It when, was very, very hard. When you start getting to this portion of the Big 12, like everybody's kind of just jumped together. Kind of, yeah. A little bit. The number is 7.5. I'm going to lean under here, but it's not something I'm like rushing to bed. A lot of tough games on the schedule. Like I don't think they're going to – they get Oregon at home. I get it's Tyler Show. hopefully that's correct. Mm-hmm. It's a revenge game for him as he transferred from Oregon to Texas Tech. But then there's just a lot of games. Like, at Baylor, I wouldn't favor you in that game. Kansas State, I would chalk up his loss. At BYU, you're playing in a tough environment. Even that first game at Wyoming is a very tough – like, it's way different from Lubbock, Texas, in Laramie, Wyoming. Now, they're 13.5-point favorites, and they're probably going to win that game. But it's still not easy. And I, it's, it's something I'm not rushing to bet, but I think five losses here is probably right. So – I don't know what it is, but I'm kind of buying into the momentum. Not going to bet it, but I kind of lean over. I just I just think that this offense can be very, very good, especially with what they return at the wide receiver position. Obviously, show has shown – I almost fucked that up – that he – can win with Texas Tech. Eight and one as the starter. I know like the stats are kind of all over the place, but he finds a way to win. I just I, there's something about it. I lean over. Like I think Jerry Maguire was a great hire by them, and I just think the momentum continues. I I really don't know I like how to defend it as much because yeah, there are a lot of fifty fifty games, but. This team was very good, very surprising last season. I just think that they're going to find a way. And I will say, if they do have a really good season here, like Zach, Zach Kittley might be gone. He might be getting a good job. Yeah, he could yeah. probably he he might potentially get like a head gig somewhere. Who yeah, knows? like that. Like I know the Jerry Maguire hiring is great, but like having him as your OC too is yes, very very, very nice. Much. On to the Baylor Bears. Win total, kind of like Kansas State, all over the total. Six and a half on Caesars, seven on DraftKings, seven and a half on FanDuel. Big 12 odds sitting at plus 1,700. Uh, after winning the Big 12 the season before, last season was filled with a lot of ups and downs. How can they get back? At quarterback, they do return Blake Shapen, who will look to improve despite completing uh, 63.3% of his passes for 2,790 yards, 18 touchdowns, and 10 INTs. Hopefully a year as the starter will help him. Uh, but they did add Sawyer Robert Robertson from Mississippi State in the portal, who was a former four-star. Uh, running back may be their best position group as they return Big 12 Offensive Freshman of the Year, Richard Reese, who had 
972 yards and 14 touchdowns last season. And they also return Kowalan Jones, who had 462 yards and 7 touchdowns. And just as an added bonus, they added Dominic Richardson from Oklahoma State in the portal. At wide receiver, they returned three of their four top pass catchers in Monterey Baldwin, Hall Presley, and Josh Cameron. They also added Keetron Jackson from Arkansas in the portal, who should be an instant impact. The O-line has some questions as they only return one starter. They did add Clark and Campbell Barrington from BYU. Uh... The front six returns both ends in TJ Franklin and Gabe Hall, linebacker Matt Jones, and Jack uh, Garman Randolph. They added a few transfers, including Mike Smith from Liberty, who should fill one of their linebacker spots. Uh, the secondary has some holes to fill as they only return safety Devin Lamar. They did add two transfers in Isaiah Dunson from Miami and Ajan Carter from Utah State. So when it comes to the Baylor Bears, buddy, how are you looking? What was the number again? Uh, depending on what, uh, six and a half and seven and a half. I, I hate doing this because it's something that I kind of would like, do you really want to do that, Connor? Because you said it, I think, a couple times in the ACC. But I think seven's the right number here. I think seven and five is the right number here. Schedule's a little tricky. I sucks that you got to play Utah. At least you get them at home. Mm-hmm. Do catch do catch uh, Texas, but you are like you said, you're getting them at home. But man, like ap- even after that, like it feels like all your games are toss ups. I think you should be able to beat Houston and Cincinnati and West Virginia, but like everything else seems like a fifty fifty to me. I don't know if you're you're probably I ch- would probably chalk up that at Kansas State a game of loss, but yeah, it does help that you get three of the new teams and add in West Virginia. But I mean, when your non-con has Utah in it, like, I mean, that's fucking tough. I'll tell you, I don't know about you, but like breaking down the big 12, there was only a couple that I was like, I'm probably actually going to play this. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like, I kind of lean this way, but I don't love it. I'm going to lean. I think seven and five is the number. So no matter, depend over or under, depending on what number you're going to play. So you're middling with me. I'm not gonna officially play it, but I would middle. I think they win seven games. I lean, I lean the under seven and a half, but I may be trying to do the middle here. I don't know, debating, but and, and, it, it just like you said, it seems like seven and five. And if Shapen takes a jump, because a couple of their games last year, I like really liked what I saw from them. And then, then like some BYU games, you're game. like, what? What is this? It looks like a completely different quarterback. Like even that West Virginia game. Like, how did you lose to West Virginia? No, but I do think Dave Aranda is a really good coach. So, mm-hmm. on to the TCU Horn Frogs. Fear the hypno toad. Win total sitting on a consent uh, at consensus seven and a half on all three books. Big Twelve odds sitting at plus two thousand on FanDuel. After shocking the world and making it all the way to the national championship, how can TCU ride this wave to continued success? At quarterback, Max Duggan is gone, and now it is Chandler Morris's time again after winning the job last season only to lose it in week one after an injury. As good as Duggan was last season, there's still belief that Chandler 
may still have a higher ceiling as a passer. New OC Kendall Bryles system should fit Morris very well. At running back, they did uh, lose uh, both uh, Kendra Miller and Amari DeMonicato, who accounted for 2,080 yards combined. That leaves Amani Bailey, who had 250 yards last season as the lone returning rusher. Uh, he did have 642 yards in 21, so there's reason that he, maybe he can get back to that level. They also added Trey Sanders from Alabama in the portal, who was a former five-star. At wide receiver, they lost their top three pass catchers in Quentin Johnson, Tay Barber, and Darius Davis, who accounted for 2,213 yards combined. They do return 6'5", Savian Williams, who had 392 yards and four touchdowns last season. Obviously, he in the games, he knew how to use his big body and go up and get balls. Sometimes he literally would look like Quentin Johnson out there. Uh, they also added four transfers, including JoJo Earl from Alabama and jo John Paul Richardson from Oklahoma State, who should be immediate impacts. Also watch for tight end Jared Wiley, who is a 6'7", uh, big body tight end. Started using him more at the end of the season. Watch for him to potentially get more work. Uh, the O-line only returns two starters, but they did add three transfers in the portal. Uh, the D-line has some questions as they only return nose tackle. Uh, Demonic Williams, who was a freshman All-American, they did add some transfers. At linebacker, they returned starters Johnny Hodges and Jamon Hodge, who were each top three tacklers for them last season. The secondary does return four of its five starters, but re replacing Jim Thorpe award-winning uh, cornerback Traverius Hodges Tomlinson will be tough. They did add Avery Helm from Florida, who could potentially fill that spot. So when it comes to the TCU Horn Frogs, buddy, how are you looking? Replacing Max Duggan, replacing Quentin Johnson. Replacing both running backs. Three new offensive linemen. A lot of very lucky outcomes last year that could have went the other way. Exactly. And I'm still going over here. I think eight wins is, I hate that we share fucking is right. Because look at this. First five games. Colorado win. Nichols win. At Houston win. SMU win. I know SMU is going to be up for that game since Sonny Dykes came from, L or from SMU. Should be a win. West Virginia should be a win. They might even have their coach by then. So that's mm -hmm. five and zero. Oh. You're telling me that they go three and four down the stretch to get over the win total? Like, come on. Not even that, but like at Iowa State, I think there's a good chance that they could win that. BYU, like the, you're getting BYU at home. Yeah, so, I haven't. So. I had it down as a win, but so there is like a very good chance that seven and zero oh going at Kansas State, and then even it, it, just even after that, you have at Texas Tech, Texas. Baylor and at Oklahoma does suck that you did draw Texas and, and Oklahoma, but still, I I think this is one that I will be betting. I'm taking the over seven and a half. Yeah, and again, like I know they're replacing Max Duggan, but they're like the, on the offense. They like it is crazy for us to be on this over considering 
how much like I listed all the yards that they are losing, and I didn't even list off all the yards that Max Duggan had. They're replacing so much on the offense. Might be a slight drop off, but still, like I think there's a chance. But in camp, man, Sonny Dykes liked Chandler Morris more than Max Duggan. Mm-hmm. So if he can stay healthy, like who knows how good his kick could be? Exactly. I don't think they're going to the national title game. No. Dark horse maybe for the Big Twelve. I yeah. mean that plus two thousand seems very very high. Yeah, I think I think eight and four is pretty like to me is almost like a floor. This is something I love, and I'm definitely hammering this. On to the Kansas Jayhawks win total sitting at a five and a half on FanDuel and a six on DraftKings and Caesars. Big Twelve odds sitting at a plus four thousand five hundred on FanDuel. After a great season by Kansas standards, how can Kansas keep this train running down the track? At quarterback, they return their leader, Jalen Daniels, who had a great season going 152 for 230 with for a completion percentage of 66.1%, 2,014 yards, 18 touchdowns, and four INTs, also adding 419 yards and seven touchdowns on the ground. He did miss a month with a separated shoulder, so keeping him healthy is of high importance. I know you and I have kind of talked about the backup situation with Jason Bean. I will say, if Jalen goes down, he is a good fit. I know we're kind of still salty after that two-point conversion play against Target. The old, I think it was two, threw it out of the back of the end zone. It was a throwaway pass on a two point conversion to tie the game up. Yeah, but Justin Bean was very serviceable behind. Yeah, if you look at his stats, there wasn't that much of a drop off. Maybe in the running game a little bit, but still, keeping Jalen Daniels healthy is of high importance. But if they have to go to Bean for whatever reason, I don't I expect a little bit of a drop off, but not that much. At running back, they return leading rusher. Devin Neal, who had 1,090 yards and nine touchdowns last season, uh, getting a healthy Daniel Hish or Hishaw Jr. could help add juice to the running back room. They also added Dylan McDuffie from Georgia Tech in the portal. At wide receiver, they return all four pass catchers who had over 400 yards, including wideouts Lawrence Arnold, Luke Grimm, and Quentin Skinner and tight end Mason Fairchild. The offensive line returns three of five starters, but they did add transfers, including coveted Logan Brown from Wisconsin, who should be an immediate starter at that left tackle position. The defensive line is a big question as they return no starters. They will be asking for players to step up, and they did add four transfers in the portal, who could be instant impacts. Every starter that was not a D lineman, they return, including every linebacker and every secondary player. They also added depth transfers at both levels. Uh, despite missing the whole oh, the whole defensive line and still finishing near the bottom of the nation, there's a reason to believe they can improve with what they do bring back. So, when it comes to are, I will say are, Kansas Jayhawks. How you looking, buddy? Return nine on offense. 
Return seven on defense. Yes, they're replacing the whole defensive line. A it, schedule that, that is pretty big. I mean, trenches are big when it comes to college football. But it wasn't like they were elite last year. No. So defense was in the one twenties in like th- like I think was what, scoring, passing, and just like total defense. So they really got nothing from them. They started off five and zero, kind of struggled when Daniels went down. Like, dude, the momentum that. Lance Leipold was infused in, in Kansas, like leads me to picking the over here, and I really don't like the schedule. I think if you can win seven, like go seven and five, that's a game over that would cash your win total. That's a super good year for the schedule you kind of have. Like, because you get Kansas State, you get, you're at Texas, you get Oklahoma, and then some games that you should be able to win are like on the road that like you have at at Iowa State and at Oklahoma State. Those are probably your toss-up games, and they're both on the road. So it's going to be a tough schedule, but I think this team is at least going bowling. Again, what would that be? I think it's only two years. Yeah, because Daniels came in, not last year, the year before, and like kind of... They beat Texas. Yeah, but they didn't go to a bowl game. Yeah, they did last year. Obviously, great game against Arkansas, but came up short. I love this over. I love it so damn much just because of all that they are returning. Like, they are, what is the number? Uh, Kansas returns more than 90% of its offensive production. Like, that is insane. And, like, I know you are replacing your whole defensive line. But still, like, just from continuity standpoint, the linebackers and the corners are going to get better. So I love this over. And honestly, because of what they bring back, I think they're going to catch some people. I'm putting a sprinkle on them to win the Big 12. I, I don't blame you at all. At least get to the- I love this team. I love this team more. Like I don't want to say Kansas State level, but as far as anybody else, I love this team. This is one over that I love. I think that they could even reach seven wins, maybe even surprise some people and get eight. Yeah, you know? but at least they're at least going bowling. Oh, there's the the floor is bowling. Yeah, the only the shitty thing about like the way the Big Twelve set up, the ACC is going that way, and the Big Ten as well is you don't you're not going to get conference odds because I don't know if they're going to be able to win the Big Twelve, but I would love to like bet their division. Mm-hmm. But even at a plus four thousand five hundred, yeah, that's, I mean that's sprinkle. yeah, sprinkle just a little bit on that. On to what, the first new addition, the UCF Knights. Win total sitting at a six and a half on DraftKings and FanDuel. Caesars has it at a seven. Big Twelve odds sitting at a plus four thousand on DraftKings. So first year in the Big Twelve, how will it go for the Knights? At quarterback, they returned John Rice Plumley, who had some up and ups and downs as a passer, but still led the team in rushing. In order for UCF to make an easy jump to the Big 12, he must grow as a passer. At running back, they returned R.J. Harvey, who was the starter for the last three games and went for one or 796 yards last season. They also returned Johnny Richardson, who had 370 yards as the number three running back. At wide receiver, receiver, they returned three of their four top wideouts in Javon Baker, 
Jacoby Hudson and Xavier Townsend. They also added three transfers to the wide receiver room. The O-line returns only two starters, but they did add four transfers in the portal who should fill some of those holes. The defensive line will be the strength of the defense as they return ends Josh Salazar and Traymon Morris Brash and tackle Ricky Barber. Uh, the back seven has a lot of questions as they only return linebacker Jason Johnson, Corey or corner Corey Thornton, and safety Quadric Bullard. They to help they added two linebackers and four s- secondary transfers who could be immediate starters. So when it comes to the Knights, buddy, how are you looking? Dude, this, these are so hard. It is. They're it, so hard. It is because, like I talked about. You, when you're these small these teams in the smaller conference, you only really have to get up for that one game one time a season to try to dethrone like the higher power basically. Now you have to do it on a game in game out basis. So there is gonna be like a lot of there's gonna be a big learning curve for all four of these teams. At least. Gus has played or has coached in the SEC and has has been up against like power five talent. Like, did he do it? Did he win a national title at Auburn? No, I'm thinking no, of Gene Chizik. Made it to yeah. the national championship. Yeah, but anyway, he's he's got the experience down there, dude. This was these are really hard. Those the four new teams is the ones I struggle with the most. Yes. Look, I gave him a win against Kent State. Kent State might be the worst. Outside Power of five, UMass, or yeah, one of the worst team in the country. Yes. Like everybody left. Mm-hmm. Boy State was a toss up. Villanova, they get a win. West Virginia, I think they win. And at Cincinnati, I think they should win. There's four. That's and four. Possibly Houston at the end of the season. Oh, that one too, dude. I I really don't know. It was, you said six and a half. Mm-hmm. I think they go bowling. Six but and I'm, a half or seven. I'm gonna take the under here. Yeah, this is one that I'm actually gonna bet. I'm gonna bet the under seven. Just giving me a little bit of push concerns. I just seems like really good. Like there's like looking at the schedule, they won in eight games. I don't think so. Yeah, and like it gives me the push concerns. I just, I think it's I think they can go bowling, but I just think it's like six and six. It's get, like I said, it's gonna be a learning curve. Like you're making the jump to a power five conference. Like that is big. Like a one of the biggest weaknesses. When it comes to the group of five, or yeah, group of five playing against the power five, is in the trenches. Like a lot of those offensive linemen and defensive linemen aren't ready for those big motherfuckers that are like ready to be in the NFL. So I think there's going to be a big learning curve. I'm taking the under seven. Yeah, that's like I think that September 23rd game at Kansas State's going to be a thumping, and that's like welcome to the Big 12. Yeah, kind of game. You know what I mean? On to the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Win total sitting at a 6 on Caesars and a a 6.5 on DraftKings and FanDuel. Big 12 odds sitting at a plus 6,000. After an offseason of transfer portal turnover, how will this season go for Mike Gundy? At quarterback for the first time since 2018, Spencer Sanders will not be behind center. So for his replacement, they went to the portal and got Alan Bowman from Texas Tech and Michigan, who really hasn't taken any meaningful snaps since 2020. At running back, Dominic Richardson is gone. 
leaving Ollie Gordon to be the guy after rushing for 308 yards last season. They also added Elijah Collins from Michigan State. At wide receiver, leading receiver Brendan Presley is back after having going for 813 yards last season. Problem is, number two through number five are gone. They went to the portal and added Jazan Stribling from Wazoo and Arlen Bruce the fourth from Iowa. The O-line does return some experience, and they added uh, Dalton Cooper from Texas State in the portal. It's kind of going to be a mix of portal and a little bit of experience. Uh, the defense will have a lot of questions as they will be moving to a 3-3-5 defense and replace nine starters and eight of their top ten tacklers. They added transfers on all three levels, but honestly, who knows what this defense will look like. So when it comes to your Oklahoma State Cowboys, how you looking, buddy? Connor, when's the last time Oklahoma State did not win seven games? I literally read this. Uh, fuck, I can't remember. It's been a while. 2005 in Mike Gundy's second season. Mm-hmm. I am hammering that over six and a half. Not just because of that, because Mike Gundy's floor is seven and a half wins. Look at the schedule. Look at their away games they have on their schedule. Arizona State, Iowa State, West Virginia, UCF, Houston. Those are all five winnable games, and they're all on the road. The rest of their games they have at home. I know this isn't Mike Gundy's most talented team, but they can at least... Mike Gundy gets the seven wins. This is what he does. I love this. This is something I've already played, too. I'm taking the under six and a half. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, 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 dude, there is so much transfer portal turnover. It scares the ever-living shit out of me. Like, when your quarterback, your top runner, and... Four of your top pass catchers all hit the portal like like they did this offseason. It's just not a good sign, in my opinion. No, it's a terrible sign. But I'm just, I trust my gun to at least get this team playing well. And I, I, I get that. I think the schedule is very, you have to admit the schedule is very favorable. No, the schedule is very favorable. But also, like, like I said on the defense one, I don't fucking know. You're completely changing your style, and you are returning nothing really. It just like the defense. I think like it was already in the hundreds last season. I want to say it could get worse, but I don't think it's gonna get much better. And on the offense, there's gonna be a huge drop off. You have a quarterback that hasn't played meaningful snaps in three seasons, and you're gonna have him looking at a whole new. Wide receiving core, great. Thank God you bring back Brendan Presley. If it was if Brendan Presley was gone, I would be smashing the fuck out of this. But I'm still taking this under. This may be a podcast bet. Yeah, and I also want to bet you that November fourth, Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma. I don't think so. I think so. They are going to give them everything they have. Can you want to guess the spread for that game? The fourteen. Mm, I don't know. There's a, there's just honestly looking at this roster, looking all the transfers, the people that transferred in and out. It's just I I don't like it. It no. worries me. But again, I just I want to Gundy get seven wins. 
and the schedule I think is very, very favorable. Now, I'm not going to do what I did last year and pick them to – I think I picked them to win the Big 12. I'm pretty sure I did. Started not off really 100% good. sure. I at least picked them to go to the title game. I know that for sure. On to the Iowa State Cyclones. Win total sitting at a 5.5 on DraftKings and FanDuel and a 6 on Caesars. Big 12 odds sitting at plus 6,000 on DraftKings. After their first losing season in five years, how can Iowa State get back to their winning ways? At quarterback, they return Hunter Deckers, who may be in a slight quarterback battle. Deckers showed promise leading the Big 12 with a 66.1% completion percentage, but also showed some areas that need improvement, like leading the Big 12 in INTs with 14. At running back, they return Jareel Brock and Cartavius Norton, who are solid when they are healthy, kind of got dinged up throughout the season last year. At wide receiver, they lost leading receiver Xavier Hutchinson after rewriting Iowa State record books. They do return number two and number three, Jalen Knoll and Dimitri Stanley, who combined for 992 yards. There is reason for optimism as they return four of five starters on the O-line. The defensive front six will be going through some changes as they return two on the defensive line and one linebacker. Replacing edge rushers Will McDonald and MJ Anderson will be a very tough ask. The secondary does have some promise as they return four of five starters on a unit that was 10th in the nation for passing yards allowed last season. So when it comes to the Cyclones, buddy, how are you looking? I don't know why, but I like the over here. I'm taking the over five and a half, and I think the team goes bowling. Hunter Deckers, again, he was very similar to, God, who, Tyler, not Tyler, who, I don't remember who we were talking about earlier, but like. Chapin. Chapin, yes. There was games where I was like, yeah, this guy's in it. And then there was games where it was like he showed a lot of flashes. He was a freshman last season. I think he can make at least a little bit of a jump. Schedule is kind of hard. But I trust in Matt Campbell to kind of turn things around, and I think this team can at least get to a bowl game. So it's tough because I've liked Iowa State more during the Brock Purdy era. But I'm under six. I think at the most they go bowling. Just I like you said the schedule. I mean, you have a tough game. Granted, you get them at home, but it's Iowa. Uh, you're at Oklahoma, TCU, at Baylor, Kansas, Texas, Kansas State. Those are going to be some tough games. And I mean, just last year. I mean, if you look at some of these games, ten seven. Uh, at Iowa, 11-14 at Kansas, uh, 10-14 against Texas Tech. I just I have so much questions about the offense. And, like, the Xavier Hutchinson, like, he's been one of the draft prospects that I was talking about the most. That losing him, that was Decker's security blanket. It's just like, oh, throw it up and let Xavier make a play. He's gone. That's big. So, I I just, I don't know. That schedule scares the shit out of me, so I'm on the under six. Not anything I'm rushing to bet, but I will say this might not go over, 
but I will promise you they will surprise at least one team this year that they're definitely supposed to lose to. Happens every year. Good. It's the clash of styles. They're just not like any other team in the Big 12 with the way they play football. On to the second new team, Cincinnati. Win total sitting at a five and a half on all three books. Big 12 odds sitting at a plus 8,000. The Luke Fickle era is officially over, but the Big 12 era is just beginning. How will year one go? At quarterback, they added transfer Emory Jones from Florida and Arizona State to try to fit Scott Satterfield's system. Jones has been a solid quarterback throughout his career. Evan Prater should push him, but I think ultimately, like thinking of the quarterbacks that Satterfield had, I feel like Emory fits the mold the best. Uh, at running back, they return number two and number three, Corey Kinner and Ryan Montgomery, who combined for 632 yards. Wide receiver will be all new as they lost their top six pass rushers. They added four transfers, including D. Wiggins from Louisville and Donovan Ollie from Wazoo, who should be immediate impacts. The O-line only returns one starter, but they did add four transfers. The D-line does return some experience and watch for Dante Cor- Corleone to make an impact as a starter this season. They also added two transfers to the D-line. They return no starters at linebacker, so look for transfers. Dorian Johnson from Louisville and Daniel Grzeski from Utah to be instant impacts. Uh, the secondary returns some experience in three starters, but they also added three transfers. So when it comes to the Cincinnati Bearcats, buddy, how are you looking? Again, another really tough one here, but I like the under fairly well here. Um, are we screwed? I like me and you were both shocked when Skit. Um, God, I'm gonna Satterfield. Satter. I want to say like Shatterfield. When uh, Satterfield got the job here, um, I know Emory Jones is like a decent quarterback. Hasn't really feel like he's kind of underachieved everywhere he went. Um, but man, it's a lot of turnover around here, and it's a big jump up in conference. They're a long ways from being the playoffs two years ago. I don't think his team goes bowling. I know you love Cincinnati, and you have a very soft spot for them, but maybe that was just because Luke Fickle, or is that because they're in Ohio? Kind of Bengals fan, both. I guess too. But both. Um. Yeah, tough to say, but I'm with you. Under five and a half. I mean, there's there's so, so much turnover. I think it was a total of 20 transfers that they brought in. And honestly, all four of the new teams, if you like, go on 24-7 and see what they did in the portal, all of them brought in more than double-digit transfers. But that's obviously because you're making the move up. You need to be bringing in Power 5 players. I just, I worry. Uh, This is a big jump to be making to the Big 12 from the American. And you are just, like, the the one thing that UCF has is they are returning a fair amount. I mean, in total, what? Five starters on your whole roster. New roster. The coach that you did have was a lot of the reason for your success not to mention like he's probably a top six coach in the country absolutely and again i just 
I thought there had to be a better op. Like you hired the guy who was probably going to get fired at the end of this. At, like could have got fired at the end of the season at Louisville. Potentially, yeah. But as much as it pains me to say, I'm on the under with you. On to the third new addition, BYU. Win total, kind of crazy. Four and a half on FanDuel and five and a half on DraftKings and Caesars. Big 12 odds. If I know you're probably feeling frisky, buddy. Plus 10,000 on FanDuel. Not, not that frisky. Uh, after a lot of roster turnover and a transition to the Big 12, how will year one go for the Cougars? At quarterback... Jaron Hall is gone, so they went to the portal for an answer and got that answer in Kedon Slovis from USC and Pitt. Slovis has been solid in his career, but hasn't fully lived up to that 2019 year at USC when he set the world on fire. At running back, they went to the portal again and got Aiden Robbins from UNLV, who rushed for 1,011 yards last season. At wide receiver, they returned three of their top five wide receivers in Keanu Hill, Cody Epps, and Chase Roberts, who combined for 1,388 yards. They also added some transfers to the wide receiver room. Uh, the O-line only returns two starters, but they added six offensive linemen in the portal. Uh, the D-line returns two starters and, and Tyler Batty. And tackle Caden Haas. Again, they went to the portal and added three more transfers. At linebacker, they return leader Ben Bywater, but they have questions beside him. Uh, the secondary returns two starters in safeties, Micah Harper and Malik Moore. And again, they added three transfer corners. So when it comes to your BYU Cougars, how you looking, buddy? I don't know if this team's going to a bowl game, but I like the over four and a half at five wins there. You get a win against Sam Houston, Southern Utah, and Cincinnati. You got to win two games the rest of the way. and You also have West Virginia. You do have West e Virginia. Which even like for BYU making the jump in, that it could be a very good game that they win. And all the games that they play at home in Provo for some of these big 12 schools is going to be very tough. Tough environment. At altitude, something they probably haven't seen before. And BYU, like we've talked about it off the air, they've been playing Power 5 schools for years. They yeah. there. It's different between going from the American to the Big 12 than an independent who can schedule whoever they want. They're used to this shit. I like at least five wins here. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about it. Look at their schedule from last year. They played Baylor. They played Oregon. They played Notre Dame. They played Arkansas. They played Stanford, which, I mean, that's still a Power 5 team. Like, they've, they've been here before. Like, they, like I don't – the transition, like you said, is going to be a little bit easier for them because you already had borderline Power 5 players on your roster already. Not fully ready to bet it, but I do lean over the 4.5. I do think there is a chance that they go bowling, but still – it's a lot of roster turnover, and obviously you are, like, it's not the biggest jump, but it is still a slight jump to the Big 12. But I do think that out of all of the four teams, they have the best chance to go over. Some of this is depicted on Slovis's health, who we've seen in the past be able to struggle with injuries because 
the quarterbacks behind him have not had any snaps in college mm. football. So going there's from a that, reason that they went to the portal to find their starter. Yeah. So if Slovis stays healthy, I think BYU is at least getting five wins here. On to the last team that is going to the Big Twelve, the Houston Cougars. Win total sitting at a four and a half on DraftKings and FanDuel and a five on Caesars. Big twelve odds at a plus twelve thousand five hundred on Caesars. Uh a trend of a massive influx of transfers for the new Big Twelve schools continues with Houston. So how will year one go with all this turnover? At quarterback, Clayton Toon is gone after being a starter for four years. To find their replacement, they went to the portal and got Donovan Smith from Texas Tech, who had shown some flashes at Texas Tech. At running back, Alton McCaskill made a late entry into the portal who looked to be the starter if he was healthy, meaning Stacy Sneed will be the guy after leading the team with 500 yards rushing last season. At wide receiver, they did lose leading receiver Tank Dell, but they still returned Samuel Brown and Matthew Golden while also adding two transfers. The O-line returned some experience, including future draft pick Patrick Paul. They also added transfers here. The defense is going to be all new as they only returned three starters and added 10 defensive portal or players in the portal on all three levels. So when it comes to the Houston Cougars, how are you looking, buddy? Another tough one here, but I'm going to go under here because the schedule's tough. The schedule's really tough. There is potential. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I think more than likely they could go 2-2 two and two through the first four games. There's a potential to go in four here. Yeah, I mean, UTSA, I think they could easily lose that game with what UTSA is. Frank Harris back. is back. Yes. Rice, who they played Just, at home and only won by seven last year. JT Daniels there now at Rice. Mm-hmm. TCU, I would say they're going to lose. And then Sam Houston State is a new FBS school, but that is a damn good FCS program for mm-hmm. years. Yes. And just to bank that there's going to be some other ones here, like I don't I – th- I think Dana's coaching for his job, and I think this might be – this could be it for him here. Yeah. I, I'm i on the under five and – or under five. Um, It's a lot of turnover that they had. And while we have seen flashes from Donovan Smith, haven't really seen him in a full like full season. So we haven't seen the true ups and downs. So, yeah, I just lean under. It, it, it's going to be a tough like that. It sucks that you have to start the season with UTSA at Rice. Oh, and then your first game in the Big 12 is against TCU. And that's probably going to be your welcome to the Big 12 moment. Yeah, I I, I have a tough, tough time feeling this team's going to get the five ones at all. Lastly, Country Roads take me home. West Virginia Mountaineers. Win total, kind of crazy. Four and a half on DraftKings and a five and a half on FanDuel and Caesars. Big 12 odds sitting at a plus 10,000 on DraftKings. Last season was pretty bad, but could it get worse? At quarterback, it's anyone guess who it will be between Garrett Green or highly touted redshirt freshman Nico Marisol, who was the number 28 quarterback in the class of 22. And we probably won't know who the starter is until week 
until game one. At running back, leading rusher Tony Mathis hit the portal late, but they return C.J. Donaldson, who, like, if you listen to this podcast, we kind of thought he was the more explosive back and didn't understand why they didn't get more work for him. And they also return uh, Justin Johnson Jr. At wide receiver, the top four wide receivers are all gone, leaving Cortez Branham as the leading receiver with 147 yards last season. They did add four transfers, including Devin Carter from NC State and Ja'Shawn Polk from Kent State, who should be instant impact, including uh, freshman four-star Rodney Gallagher. The O-line has optimism as they return all four st- or all five starters. The defense will be a work in progress as they only return three starters from a defense that was flat out bad. Uh, they did add eight transfers to the defensive side of the ball. So when it comes to your West Virginia Mountaineers. No, no, not anymore. Yes. No, um, I'm going under here. I there's I just don't see a lot of promise from this team and I, no and the, honestly their coach probably would have gone fired last year if they had the money legit. apparently and allegedly say a prayer for all of West Virginia sports right now because it is in shambles yeah right before you hit record uh the coach that you wanted to get fired didn't and the coach you didn't want to get fired did you're like why couldn't Neil Brown do dumb shit <laughs> instead Huggy Bear did <laughs> yeah yeah it, it I, I'm, I'm rooting under, for the over. I will say that, but, but I think it's under. I mean, like, it, it, I'm not going to do the middle, even though there is a middle opportunity for five. But I mean, there's. I think there's even a chance that they do what they did last year, which was what? Oh, they did have five wins last season. For some reason, I thought they only had four wins. But I think even this season, like, the, the, there's so much question at quarterback, like. You made the switch from JT to Green, and Green showed some promise, but also, like, you saw some bad in there. And I know we have a friend who is a West Virginia guy who is calling for Marisol to be the starter. And honestly, if Neil Brown wants to save his job, Marisol should be the starter. But... Either way, I think it's going to be a tough season for the Mountaineers. I'm rooting for them. I was trying to ride them with JT Daniels last season. Love Bryce Ford Wheaton, but man, it's just... Dude, it's... Dan, the, the schedule's also just like, you are at Penn State, you have the... You're at Penn State, Pitt, Texas Tech, at TCU. Uh, I mean, you do get the benefit of all four teams, all four new additions. But also, could those teams just be, like, slightly below you? Possibly. And you know what? I don't want to get crazy here, but, you know, Duquesne's on a terrible FCS program. And what city is Duquesne in? Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Like, it's called another lot of, like, guys that end up going to, like, was hoping to play at West Virginia end up going to Duquesne. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same thing. So, like, I'm not saying they're going to lose that game. It's just there's not a game on the schedule besides, like, really that I'm just like, yeah, it's automatic win. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pains me to say it, but yeah, I'm under there. Three, two. Twelve questions. So, buddy, we're starting with the top seven quarterbacks. Who do you have at number one? Jalen Daniels of Kansas. And I feel really good about that. I think that might shock a couple people, but 
I mean, he's the best quarterback in the conference. Like we've, he's carrying a team that is severely, like not they're not ta- they're not crazy talented. Yes, they're very well coached, but the numbers reflect it. And when he is on the field, they, the team is always better. They're always competitive in their games, no matter who they are. Whether you go back to 2020, the 2021-22 season, or last season when he wasn't on the field, it's a completely different Kansas team. I think he's the best quarterback in the conference. At number one, I have Quinn Ewers. This might be just like a little bit of because of what's around him. He has, pro- out of all these quarterbacks, probably the most talent around him. I know like Kansas is bringing a lot back, but Texas talent, Kansas talent. It yeah. just is what it is. Well, here's my, th- here's right my argument. If you flip those two guys, I think Texas is better. Kansas I think work. Texas is a playoff team. I think they're a shoo-in to win the Big 12. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I agree. Quinn could probably do just as good with Kansas. Yeah. Uh, who is number two for you? Will Howard. Kansas State. Wow. Oh, you're. we got somebody else before I'm going to Quinn. <laughs> I, what's the – why are we – are we just basing it off his five-star, like, rec, uh, like rating at high school? Like, does he really look that good? He's shown the flashes, I think. But his, he's not looked better than Jalen Daniels. I just think, I, no, I agree. But I think with being in another year, honestly, probably does have more talent than those guys. And like I said, what's around him? So you're doing off a of projection more than anything else. Because I'm Kinda. doing off of what it's so, I've it, seen. When it came to the Big 12, it was so hard. Because honestly, the top four... You could have, like, the top four is a lot. Yeah, that's, there's no debate there. Yeah, and you can tell me any order, and I'm like, yeah, completely get it. Completely get it. So at two for me, I have Dylan Gabriel. That's my three. Just because we've seen more years from him. Mm-hmm. That's that's the biggest thing. Probably has the second most talent around him in the Big 12. And then my defense for him at three over yours is, yes, it was in the American, but his flashes were a lot more flashier than yours was. No, I agree. At three, I have Jalen Daniels. That's a slap in the face. Dude, I, 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 get, I totally get it. And he's not going to have the success probably with, because he is at Kansas, but in my heart, I think he's the best floor, or no, I, quarterback I'm, I'm in with the you. conference. I'm with you. This was so fucking tough for me mm. this top four was so hard who do you have it for good years okay yeah, there it is at four i have will howard and it was even hard for me to put will howard at four because i could fucking make a case for him to be number one but also it was just one season in the years and the years before that were bad but man the, the jump that the kansas state team like i don't know if Kansas State wins the Big 12 with Adrian Martinez as the quarterback throughout the season. If it's not for the change to Will Howard, I don't know if they do it. Yeah, 100%. I don't think they were winning the Big 12 with Adrian Who Martinez. Who do you have at number five? Didn't now, these ones are hard, too. Very. I had Plumlee here at okay. five. Okay. I, I, I liked him a lot. I wish he was a better thrower, but the dude running the ball is electric, and he is a tough man to take down, too. Mm-hmm. Now... In, running uh, over guys in the American and running over guys in the Big 12 is two different stories. But I guess the Big 12 is also like the guys are bigger, but the defenses really aren't that much better. Yeah, he is a great dual threat. Yeah. He just needs to develop more as a passer, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. But we'll, but we'll get to him. Uh, at five, I have Tyler Show. 
Just because we, like like I said, 8-1 and one as a starter at Texas Tech. He had experience at Oregon. I just, it, 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 like I said, it is so tough to do these last couple. He's my six. Yeah. And I think another year with Kitley there, like he could explode up to like two or three on this list. At six, I have Keaton Slovis. Are we going to have all seven guys just in the wrong order? Yeah, because I have guy here. I'll give you seven. John Rice Plumley. Yeah, because I have my sevens, Keaton Slovis. Because after that, you're looking at transfers or guys that you're like, mm. the, the my seven spot. I wanted to say Shapen. Shapen, and I don't know why I have a soft spot for Deckers. Like, could maybe get in there, mm. but I think Slovis has shown enough in the past that he should be on this list, even if his team is not going to be really successful at all. So we had all seven quarterbacks, zero of them in the same spot. Yeah, this is probably I tell you what the conference we've disagreed on the most in the two years we've done this. Yeah, yeah, like by far because there was a lot. Well, now we're getting to even the crazier part. So tell me the team that you were buying the stock in. Is it? Am I buying it? So I want to say Kansas here, but I feel like Fuck I'm. You. <laughs> but I feel like I'm buying it. Because I bought into it last year, and now it's raised value. You're buying at its middle number right now. It could go up, or it could go right back down. But I want to go TCU here. I know they just obviously just... You're kind of also buying it at its highest, but also on the point that it's coming down. I think a lot of people are really down on them, and I think... they Dude, they just went to the national title game, and they I know they're replacing the quarterback. May have luck their way there. I know it's worth you. Were, I mean, they had you were riding had, the shit out of that last year, dude. They had the well, no, if there's anybody here on this podcast that has been more of a TCU person, I rode with them against Kansas, yes, and defended them throughout the season in basketball. They were one of my favorite teams in the fucking college baseball oh, yeah, playoff. No I did shit. bet on them to win it. I hear, and then Sony. I think Sony Dykes is a hell of a coach, and I know there's a lot of luck, but at some point there is something to say about coaching and just heart and be able to pull in one, pull out one score games. It's not all luck. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I agree. So the team that I am buying stock in, you said them, the Kansas Jayhawks. Honestly, because I think the number of wins that they do far exceeds the wins that they had last year. So. Yeah, I'm buying it. I know it's like at kind of a high price, but I think it's just going to continue to go up. And honestly, like if you looked at that roster, yes, there are seniors on that, but there are a lot of juniors. And so is Daniels. Exactly. So what if those guys want to come back for one more year? Mm-hmm. Uh, who is the team that you are selling stock in? All four of the new teams that come in. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of them are going to be good. <laughs> Well, I'm about to piss you off because I am selling all of my stock in Oklahoma State. Dude, it's not looking good. The floor good. is seven. My gun is four seven. The floor, the is, floor about, is seven. The floor is about to fall out. Uh, I but, don't have him as my first coach fired, but if he gets fired this season, would it surprise me? Absolutely not. It would shock me, but like my actual answer is actually going to be Oklahoma. I just really skeptical about Brian Venable. I think he might just be a better coordinator than a head coach. I agree. First coach fired. Because I think I know where you're going to go with it. I'm going to go Dana Holgerson from Houston. I think. I mean, it could. Uh, it's mine. Bo- mine's Neil Brown. It's both. It's it uh, could be either one it, of them. 
current West Virginia coach and former West Virginia coach. Yeah. They're just catching L's left and right right now. They're going to be seeing country roads with each other, their arms around them. Yeah. Someone needs to make that graphic. Someone out there make that graphic, please. Please. Uh, what is your conference championship? Dude, this is really hard. I have Kansas State in there no matter what. Because really? I think they're the best team in the Big 12. Wow. I really want to not pick Texas. I really do. It's hard not to. Because they just they fail every goddamn year, but they are so... They have so much talent on that roster. Mm-hmm. And I know I had them at four in my quarterback rankings, but like by the end, this was one of the things that by the end of the year, I should probably expect him to be one if everything goes right. Yes. So I'm going to pick Texas to play in Kansas State, but I really wanted to pick TCU to go back and have a rematch. I really, I think they're the third best team in the Big 12. In their last season in the Big 12, Texas will be playing Oklahoma in the conference championship. I just, I just think it's fitting. Yeah, it's be like I just, I just think, it, like no offense, I know you're down on Oklahoma, but that schedule is so easy is. that they could just kind of, I wouldn't say walk, maybe a little speed walk, a little bit more moving the hips to the Big Twelve championship, and I think Texas has the talent to be the Big Twelve champion. Who is your Heisman finalist? It's hundred one. 100 to 1. I'm going Jalen Daniels. And here's why. He's going to. He, he did get hype when they were on that run. Yes. And, and in a year where the reigning Heisman Trophy winner returns he did to win, school. I'm not trying to talk over you, but he did just win the media offensive player of the year or preseason yeah. offensive player of the year for the Big 12. And if he puts up monster numbers. Kansas wins nine games, and I know everybody's makes like, it to the Big Twelve Championship. If he if he does that, I think it's almost a lock. But I'm telling you, the voters are going to do everything they can not to give it to Caleb Williams. They're going to. No, yes. they do not want to vote for the same guy twice. Yes, it was kind of similar. It's like RG three just put up monster numbers on a, an above average but not great Baylor team. This could be very similar. And if you're giving me a hundred to one, I love that. No, I agree. I might have to put a sprinkle. Now, the, the best chance to actually win is probably Quinn yours. And that is my pick. Okay. Um, just because I, like I said, I'm going to be having a sprinkle on them to make <laughs> the playoff. And if they make the playoff, it's going to be because of him. And I do think that he could be in the Heisman 4. All right, last question. Who will be the newcomer of the year for the Big 12? It wasn't really a lot that jumped out to me in the Big 12 here. I'm going to go Trayshawn Ward, Kansas State. Um, I don't know if he's going to start, but if this is the team that I think can win the Big 12 and is my pick to win the Big 12, he's going to be a monster part of it because obviously making up Reduce Vaughn's like, absence is going to be like ginormous. Well, sticking with the same position, just different team, I'm picking C.J. Baxter, the five-star freshman, number one running back for Texas. Obviously, there is a huge hole to fill with Bajan gone. Fuck it, why not? You're a Texas guy, dude. Your horns up. I mean, I did. I, I'm wearing the Big Twelve champion Kansas State shirt, but I could have easily worn my Longhorns shirt. But as an also, I talked about him, Desan McCollum at Oklahoma. I think he's going to be such a freak this season for them. Has the potential to be the defensive newcomer of the year, maybe for the Big 12. But 
Yeah, that is the Big 12 for one season. Yeah, it's going to be wild, and it's just going to be weird, but it's going to be awesome. I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it for football. I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it for basketball. Absolutely. So next week's SEC? No, we're going to do Pac-12. Oh, alphabetical the order. Fun, the fun conference. Yeah, oh, dude, the freaking quarterback was. Dude, as much as we fought about oh. the Big 12, I am prepared for like Armageddon when we do the Pac-12. I'm assuming we're going to have the same one, but after that, it's going to be... There's going to be some shit going on. Definitely. Yeah. We'll, we'll see you guys next week. Peace.